Dear Cheap Astronomy, How much antimatter is there? And will it eventually all annihilate? Antimatter is generally found in subatomic form. So there's antiprotons and antielectrons, which can occasionally come together to form an antihydrogen atom. But that's about it. An anti-helium nucleus has been created in a laboratory, but neither it nor any other more complex antinuclei have been observed in nature. Based on what we can see through telescopes, detect in cosmic rays, and directly observe on Earth, we think it's unlikely that antimatter exceeds 1% of the total matter plus antimatter contents of the universe. An antiparticle is essentially the same as a particle, except it has the opposite charge. So, for example, an electron has a negative charge, and its antiparticle, a positron, has a positive charge. And if a particle and its antiparticle interact, they annihilate each other. This is why you don't find a lot of antimatter in our matter-dominated universe. Because as soon as an antimatter particle meets its particle counterpart, both disappear in a flash of gamma rays. As to the question of whether all antimatter will eventually be annihilated out of existence, we can provide a confident no, at least not before the heat death of the whole universe. Fresh antimatter particles are being created all the time. Many high-energy events, for example supernovae, and high-energy particle collisions, like a cosmic ray hitting our atmosphere, all create particle-antiparticle pairs. It's also thought that the polar jets that shoot out of accreting black holes and many neutron stars are largely streams of particles and antiparticles. And it's thought that all these natural phenomena produce particles and antiparticles in equal numbers, which is what we also find close up in particle collider experiments. On the basis of these findings, a largely unfounded assumption has developed where people assume the Big Bang should have produced particles and antiparticles in equal numbers. We say this is unfounded since no one really has a clue what happened at the time of the Big Bang. We think that in a few fractions of an instant, the initial hot soup of fundamental particles was already matter-dominated, and it never looked back from there. Although even that proposed hot soup of fundamental particles is itself just a hypothesis. We do have observational evidence about the early universe coming from the cosmic microwave background, and we can wind the clock further back from there on theoretical grounds, but there is a point beyond which the best thing to do is just shrug. So where people say that the matter-antimatter imbalance in the universe is one of the great unsolved problems of physics, we might as well just say that whatever happened immediately after the Big Bang is one of the great unsolved problems of physics. Which, of course, it is. The matter-antimatter imbalance in our universe could just be a coin toss type of thing. Once either type of fundamental particle gains the slightest of edges, that's pretty much it. It's speculated that the initial matter dominance of the universe 
may only have been one extra part per 5 billion, but that means that 5 billion matter particles annihilate when they contact 5 billion antiparticles, so only that one extra matter particle remains. Then scale that up into billions of trillions, and you'll get a matter-dominated universe. So, some speculate that it could just as well have gone the other way, so that we'd instead live in a universe where the little things that whiz around atomic nuclei are positrons. However, others argue that there could be some special feature of matter, which means it will always dominate over antimatter. And apparently there is some hint of what could be evidence of this arising from a few particle accelerator experiments. But that conclusion is still being hotly debated. So again, at least at this point in history, the best thing to do is shrug. Or go off and do a PhD in quantum mechanics so that you can at least give a highly educated shrug.